This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. Good Wednesday morning, everybody. I'm Glenda Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings in Phoenix, Arizona. And you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for June, January 24th, episode 1859, brought to you by horselovers.com. And Glenn, I woke up at 2 a.m., so I'm going to be a mess today. Good morning, Horse World. And that's different how? Guess I'm... what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Julie, hey, guess what day it is. Oh, come on. I know you can hear me. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Leslie, guess what today is? It's hump day. That's right. It's hump day with your horses in the morning hosts, Jamie, that girl Jennings, and Glenn, the geeky pony guy. Wednesday, I can't sleep. <laughs> so while that was playing, poor Glory, who's blind now, that's our greyhound, crashed right into the wall. Just was, was making a beeline and went <laughs> smashed right into the wall. Poor thing. Poor little sight hound lost his sight. <laughs> That's like a kid's book. It is. It is. The sight hound that lost her sight. Hey, Jemmy's with us here today. Hey, Jemmy. Maybe. Howdy. Hey, Jemmy. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> I had you. I had Jemmy watch something before the show because she lived in New Orleans for four years, went to college there, and was an EMT oh ambulance driver there. There's a video that's gone viral, and I, I, Jamie, you saw it too, right? There's a video yep. that's gone viral, and it's for, it's an NOPT. It's a New Orleans Police Department horse, and the, the horses are big there, right? They have them all over the place, don't they? Oh yeah, they're big, and and they'll come up behind you all stealth-like. Sometimes you won't even know it. Well, maybe the drinking has something to do with it, but all of a sudden the horse will be just. <laughs> Rocking right past you. They're huge. Yeah. Big. <laughs> well, uh, you, there's a video going around. Oh, and it's a commercial. I was going to play a little music for you to get you in the spirit, but it's a commercial, of course. So uh, there's a video going so around good, yeah. about a police horse that goes into a street party. And uh, J- Jamie kind of thinks the horse is terrified. I kind of think that the, that, that the officer was using that to his advantage and kind of made the horse look like it was dancing. Uh, but the the officer had great control over. That's one of the things I was watching is the keys and the aids the officer was giving that horse as it was dancing in the street with the drunk people. And I don't I know mean, about, that horse had some rhythm. It did. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but there's no way in hell I'm getting Scooter to walk right up and stick his face in the trumpet in the band that's playing no. on the street. No, that's not happening. That was awesome. I loved every second of that. Zeus would do it. Stick his face in the band. Zeus would knock the guy over and take the trumpet. Let's be honest. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's where that's where it would go for me. But yeah, it was really cool. And and part of me thought the horse was super stressed out, and then the other part of me was like, I think the rider's cueing him. And then wait, no, he's stressed out. No, he's cueing him. (laughs) So I couldn't really decide. I yeah I couldn't decide. Well, I you know what I think I think that well that horse has been there done that. I mean, and and you should have heard the funny part was hearing Jemmy uh, really miss home. <laughs> it's like yeah, the I, I mean the band is playing. It was so New Orleans. It was it was like puking up <laughs> New Orleans. It was awesome. 
I mean, dancing with the horse in the street, dancing with him, with the band playing right there. It was so good. And I remember these horses, nothing like this level, but I saw some horses with some moves. But this one, I mean, he does like, he slants down and leans down and then he pops back up and he's doing all kinds of He's just a great horse. He looks like having a good... I wanted to dance with that horse. How long? And then he like over... (laughs) Glenn, what's the over-under on Jimmy getting a horse? Um, Well, the auditors have that going already. They kind of have an over-under on it, too. So I don't know yet what the over-under is. She lives in a bad area to be able to afford a horse. That's one problem. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that stops us horse chicks all the time. (laughs) Really slows us all down. That's funny. Hey, Jimmy, I do have one question. Were you ever the drunk guy dancing in the middle of the street holding the fifth of bourbon like they were here? Um, I plead the fifth on ever holding a fifth <laughs> on New Orleans. That'd be a yes. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Never happened. Never happened. That'd be a yes. All right. What's coming up on today's show? All right. On today's show, we'll talk about five panel testing in quarter horses with uh, Dr. Erica Lasher from Spring Hill Equine Clinic in Newberry, Florida. Uh, You guys discuss the Pegasus World Cup 2018. It's coming up this Saturday. You'll make some predictions. Uh, Auditor Alexandra Ireland tells us about horse shopping in England and hitting Coachella. If we have time, we'll get to hear Reese's Phillips from uh, Dressage Radio chatted up with Pam Harden. That should be fun. And Jamie treats us to both first world problems and chapter 17 of the Opium Equation. So you don't want to miss any of it. It's a packed show as always today, guys. And speaking of today, today is Beer Can Appreciation Day. And let me tell you something. I've been moving the last few days and I've definitely been appreciating beer a lot already. So (laughs) join in the party, guys. (laughs) Thank you, Jamie. Well, my daily winnie goes out to my wife, who <clears throat> we got these free oil changes for life when we bought our truck, the Toyota Tundra. Mm-hmm. And the problem is you have to go sit in there and you can't make an appointment. You have to be one of the people who show up and wait. So it takes hours and hours and we always have to switch off. She goes or I go and then we bring our computers and work, but you're sitting there for hours. So she was on assignment this morning. She's there now and I know she's going to come home in a bad mood. And they also said, oh, you need $400 in brakes because your brakes are shot. So there's that. Uh, So the free oil change always ends up costing us $400 for some reason because they're always doing something. A a free oil change for life. I'll pay the $20, seriously. (laughs) You know, we tried that. We tried going to like the Jiffy Lube, and they said, oh, you you use synthetic oil in there. That's $90. And it's like, okay, back to the free oil change. Wow, that sucks. Yeah, I I just did. Chad opens a credit card bill. He's like, what? Why is the credit card bill this much? I'm like, I don't know. Take a look at it. And he goes, oh, yeah, $1,700 for my car. For your car or your truck? My car. Oh, well. We have a Volkswagen Passat, a sensible family car, very safe, very practical, large trunk, and a great car, and I love it. And he's like, we need to sell it. I was like, over my dead body. Unless you get me a, be- <laughs> uh, unless you get me a VW convertible Beetle, I am not selling my car. So, um, yeah, 1700 bucks 
he was like, that's like a down payment. I was like, no, we're not getting any more card payments. Mine's paid off. Leave it alone. But yeah. <laughs> you know, and that is tough. I know, Jemmy, you've had some card, you've had a few card, tr- she's had some card trouble in the last two years too, like thousands and thousands, thousands of dollars worth. But it's always hard to go, okay, at what point do I stop spending money on the car when I've already spent this much money on the car? It's fish or cut bait. <laughs> it's <laughs> hard decision though. Because you don't know what the next one's going to be and it might be a year or two. Or it might be next week, and it's another three thousand dollars. <laughs> you don't yeah, know. Absolutely. Can't you know the one car that, that we had uh, actually, the PT Cruiser, and I still see a few running around. I'm wondering how, but the uh, timing belt went at ninety thousand miles, and the engine blew up, and so it made the decision for us. That one, we had it towed and to the dealer, and that was it. Paid them to take I it off our a, hands. <laughs> I bought a car at a garage sale one time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it was a Mustang, like a really old Mustang, like one of those with the hatchback, but like not old enough to be cool, like right. an 80s Mustang, yes. you know, Like, and it was on blocks. And my mom and I were like, we can't get it. You know, my, my mom's boyfriend, now husband, worked at a car uh, repair shop. So we're like, we can get a good deal. So I paid $800 for this Mustang. And then got some new tires and had to fix the steering. Couple, couple minor things, but I was about, you know, two thousand dollars in for a Mustang, and I drove it for a year, and it broke down in like the middle of I eighty five in Atlanta, <laughs> the f- middle of the freeway. After a year, so I got a good year out of it, but I get it towed in to the dealership or to the car repair place, and the guy goes, "Well, I got good news and bad news." I was like, "Give me the good news." He goes, "Well." There's only one thing wrong with it. And I was like, that's great. What's the bad news? He goes, it's your engine. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, damn. Yeah, right. <laughs> so were you, were you your own traffic reporter that day? Were you on the air going, hey, there's a Mustang broke down in the middle of, uh, oh, and I'm in it. Yeah, no, I no. I, I, to- I talked about it later, but I certainly did not dime out my location at that point. People were <laughs> flipping me off and cussing. I'm like, you know what? If somebody's car breaks down in the middle of the road, let me just promise you right now that they don't want to be there. <laughs> so right. they're not doing it to you personally. <laughs> Nobody wants to get in a wreck. No. Nobody. Any- give me a daily Winnie. All right. All right. I want you everybody to sit down and like cross their legs in that yoga pose and put your um, thumb together with your middle finger and lay your hands on your lap on, and, and, and make a little hum. Um, and I want you to start sending me good energy. I need some good positive yogi vibes because not one, but two of my clients want new horses. Yesterday. You have to go horse shopping again. For not one, but two, (laughs) two horse shopping expeditions for two totally different types of horses. So I can't even compile the shopping together like this one may work for both of you. Nope, not going to happen. Not one, but two. And um, I am really excited. I'm actually fairly distracted because one of the clients is currently messaging me <laughs> while I'm on the air. This so. so this is, but for new listeners, when Jamie has to go horse shopping, it's great for the show. It's the best <laughs> thing that happens to this show. Listeners that have been with us for years, look forward to the times that Jamie has to go horse shopping. Yep, yes. you're all welcome. Again, <laughs> sit down, cross your knees. We have some stories coming. There's going to be some really bad ads coming right up. <clears throat> so if you have a horse in the general Southwest area that is a, you know, three-legged lame 
bucker, cripper, biter, anything like that, and you want to sell it as a well-broke beginner horse, send me a message. Yeah, Jamie will come look at it. (laughs) (laughs) I am not traveling to see a horse without a Facebook Live right now, okay, or a (laughs) Skype. It's not happening. Yeah, technology is too good now. (laughs) The video is fuzzy. I'm sorry. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. I'm not coming. Not coming. I'm not falling for that again, okay? And, oh, it's only, he's only limping a little bit in the video because he's got a bruise in his cough. Nope. Not coming. <laughs> I am militant at this point on horse shopping. Okay. I've already been sent a hundred horses from these women and I'm like, nope, 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 nope. We have our see guest. See what they see right there? That doesn't mean that. We have our guest on the line and I'm sure she can relate to all of this. So, so let's go to our first guest. And of course it is Wednesday. It's time for the Horses in the Morning Horse Health Report. When our intrepid hosts, together with an unlucky member of the equine veterinary trade, attempt to inform, enlighten, or terrify horse owners everywhere into funding a Kickstarter campaign to mass-produce Kevlar-coated, bubble-wrap-lined equine products. Well, we have uh, Dr. Erica, is it Locker? Is that how you say it's it? It's Latcher. Latcher. And she is with Spring Hill Equine Clinic in Newberry, Florida. And, you know, we were just talking about horse shopping. Jamie has to do these for, with her clients, and it always is great for the show because it always brings up these nightmare stories when she shows up. And I'm sure you've had a few of those over the years with your clients. Oh, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Especially as a person, I, I don't know what your um, specialty is, but if you're a veterinarian, you've probably done some pretty sweet pre-purchasing games. <laughs> Like, I, I always enjoy the he's three legged lame today, but let me tell you why. Yeah, <laughs> and your the buyer should still buy him. Yes, that's because that's tomorrow he won't be yeah. lame. He won't be lame tomorrow. It'll be exactly. fine. Yes. <laughs> How many times have I had a client tell me he's don't? They said he's just lame right now, but he, we can fix that. I'm like, never. This is I'm gonna put this on a T-shirt <laughs> and hand it out to clients. Never buy a lame horse. It's never gonna work. Can I out have that T-shirt too? <laughs> Have you them in your practice? <laughs> have you gotten to ones where you said, "Why did this client even have me come out?" They saw this for themselves. I, I, oftentimes, I have wondered that. Um, I, I especially like it when you know you're paying, and sometimes it's a lot of money you're paying for my opinion on this horse, and I say the horse is lame, and they say, "But he's cute." And yes. he's a buckskin or, you know, whatever. I love and I want him. him. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I, I'm i going to need the T-shirt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we will make sure I you had, get one. <laughs> I had a client that, that had, they, 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 bless his heart, his name is Chili, and he's in my backyard right now. And he was pre-purchased by a veterinarian. The veterinarian take, took us all aside and goes, listen, no matter what you do, I'm not supposed to say this, but don't buy this horse. Don't do it. You're in for a road of hell. Don't buy this horse. And they're like, but I love him. And they bought him. <laughs> of course. Yep. And it's been kind of a road of hell. So there you go. <laughs> He's currently toothless with a bad back and bad hocks and a bad knee in my backyard right now because then they decided they couldn't take care of him and they gave him to me. Sorry. <clears throat> Sorry, so doctor. all pre-purchase exams weren't necessarily what we were going to talk about. My no, I'm sorry. Is. We got on that topic. <laughs> when That's... you pay for a pre-purchase exam from a veterinarian, 
take their advice. <laughs> <laughs> or if you if you hire somebody to help you buy a horse and they say, don't buy that horse because that's too much horse for you. Or don't buy that horse. That horse is lame. Or don't buy that horse. It's a runaway. Listen to them. Yes. yes. <laughs> the same exactly. thing. <clears throat> exactly. It just needs some training. Hey, Dr. Erica, it kind of <laughs> does apply because we're, we're kind of talking about something that you really don't want to get into either. So uh, it kind of does exactly. apply. Uh, so tell us, what is five-panel testing for quarter horses? We've covered this once or twice over the years, but not much. Uh, the five-panel testing is um, five diseases that quarter horses can get and quarter horse relatives, so your paints, your Appaloosas, that type of horse. Um, they can get any of these five diseases genetically, so they can get them from their parents. A few of them are really, really bad, um, and the a couple of them you can manage, but you'd like to know they have them, especially if you're going to breed them. So would so you five do panel this? Testing covers. Would you do this as part sorry. of a pre-purchase to tie a bid to our previous conversation? If you were buying a quarter horse, if you have any interest in breeding this horse, yes. Okay. So yes. if it is a mare or a stallion, absolutely. Okay. Um, and if it's a gelding, depending on what you want to do, some of these can have very significant performance um, inhibition effects. Okay. So. In particular, their um, HYPP, which lots of people know about, but that is the disease that Impressive carried, um, and it causes uh, muscle contractions at times when you wouldn't necessarily like them, almost like a seizure-type activity, but not from the brain, from the muscle. So you can imagine if you are out on the trail, if you're trying to turn a barrel, if you are even in a Western pleasure class, no matter what you're doing, all of a sudden your horse has what we call an HYPP attack, that's really bad. You can't continue doing whatever it is you're doing. Um, the other one of the five panel tests that has a really profound effect on performance is PSSM. And that is an acronym for polysaccharide storage myopathy. And that's why we use the acronym because that's a really <laughs> long mouthful. Um, but those horses get severe muscle cramping because they can't metabolize sugars correctly. And again, that's a problem, certainly if you're breeding a stallion or a mare, but even if you're looking at a gelding, again, if you're doing those performance activities and they're positive for this, they can have soreness, cramping, you know, all those performance limiting things that sometimes we like to blame on the saddle or the lameness or, you know, whatever, we reach up and touch their back and they drop to the ground because those big muscles are so sore. Mm. The good news about PSSM and HYPP to some extent is we can manage both of those diseases with diet, exercise, and some medication. So knowing that your horse has them would be very important for you in a pre-purchase situation. Are there particular breeds that are more susceptible to these, to these problems? Um, in particular, the five-panel testing is for the quarter horse descendants, but we also have, and we learn more every day, um, we have PSSM can also be inherited in the draft and the warm blood type horses. There's also a little bit of evidence that it's inherited in Arabians, um, in particular the endurance crowd. Um, what we don't have, though, is a test for those guys. So the way genetic testing works is if there is one 
thing that is weird. So in like on HYPP, there's one little hitch in the get along in the genome. So it's very easy to take some hair, test it and say, oh, yep, there's a problem. In the other forms of PSSM that happen, it's probably multifactorial. So there's a couple of different genes involved and we just haven't figured out a great test for all of those yet. So there can be genetic problems in lots of different horses and we're finding out more and more how much of these issues we have are inherited. Um, you know, Arabs have a, a long line of, of fun things that they have inherited, like uh, severe combined immunodeficiency. Um, you know, there's, there's definitely disorders in every breed. It's just whether or not we have a test for it or not. I'm getting a question from a listener who's asking, what is lethal white syndrome? Lethal white is, we do have a test for that one. Um, it is common in the paint industry in particular, and that's because it is linked to what they call a frame overo. So those are the horses that have the big white faces and they have a, uh, a lot of white on their legs. So typically stocking or higher level white on their legs and almost always all four legs. Um, oddly enough, it is most strongly associated with the quarter horsey, you know, paint version of that, as opposed to more of like the, the Pinto where you'll see that in like, uh, you know, like Clydesdales could sort of be a frame of arrow, but they don't seem to carry it. The lethal white that they carry on those, those paint horses is a, a disorder of the intestinal tract. And unfortunately it is lethal and it is lethal very quickly. Like the foals are born and within about 24 to 48 hours, you realize you have a problem. It turns out that the same cells that create the color on the horse also develop into the nervous system for the GI tract. Hmm. So these horses are born without a nervous system for their GI tract. So everything is fine as long as they're in inside mom, they come out and the GI tract has to do its own thing and it just can't do it. Those horses are almost always completely white when they're born. They may have, you know, like the medicine hat coloration on the top of their head, maybe a little, little tiny bits of color, but for the most part, you would call them all white. Okay. Question for you. I have seen the lethal white foals born. I, I worked at a vet clinic for a long time and, and the guy's was like a board certified like theriologist, whatever. Anyway, so he bred a lot of horses. There was one particular client who every year would have a lethal white, but kept trying to breed the horse. Do you at some point, this always bothered me that he continued to help with this client. Um, do you at some point say, Hey, I can't do this anymore. Or is the client always right? Or do you, how do you counsel somebody or deal with that? That is a, a fine line that we walk every day. Um, and exactly. I will say that if I have a mare, um, and for, for me personally, I tend to deal with the mare side of things. I don't, I, we have some stallion work that we do, but most of our side is the mares. Um, so if I have a mare that say has a lethal white, um, I will then say to those owners, look, I think it is really important that you get your mare tested and we see. Um, we actually know at that point that she's a carrier because you have to have two copies of that gene to have an affected foal. So we know she's a carrier. We just don't know if she has, you know, like 
what level she is, and then we'll look at the the stallion and say, we need to test a stallion. We cannot breed this mare to a stallion that carries the gene. So I I try to have those conversations ahead of time. If it's a mare owner that I pick up, you know, after the mare has been bred, um, and we're now looking at a, a foal that unfortunately I now have to euthanize, which is always a very, very, very bad day. Mm, um, yeah. You know, we're having that conversation then. If it is in the the breeding phase, um, you know, if we're in the early stages where we're talking with them about, you know, we're going to breed this mare, I will often say to them, you know, the, the chances of your mare being a frame of arrow and sometimes horses being horses, it's a little bit tricky to decide that that's actually what color she is. Um, we'll say the chances that she's a frame of arrow are decent and we strongly recommend you test her before we start the breeding process, because that's going to make the difference for you in terms of picking which stallion you go to. Uh, okay. So that's all part of the, the pre-breeding work for us. If we have the mare at that point in time. Gotcha. I only gotcha. Ha- we only have a couple more minutes. I wanted to ask you, because you sound like uh, we've had a lot of vets on and uh, you sound like you really do keep up on everything going on. What, what in the equine veterinary world that's coming down the pike that you've seen articles on or seen it at, uh, at the convention. What are you most excited about that's coming down the equine veterinary? I think you're going to ask, what is she most scared of? No, I'm sorry. Gonna, I, well, I, I no actually... one answers both. <laughs> okay. Well, I get two answers because one is apropos of this conversation. And that is we are probably very close to having the ability to ship semen that is not cooled. Really? So we can do it room temperature. Yes. Yep. So that's pretty exciting. Okay, wait a minute. I got to ask how that um, happens. How does that happen? Don't get don't get mired uh, in the details, Glenn. <laughs> Just understand that she's excited about semen. That's the thing you need to take home. <laughs> yeah, that's this time of year for me. Um, <laughs> but it, it has the potential to make our lives much easier in terms of a, you know, our shipping containers can be lighter, so that can reduce shipping costs. So that's exciting. Um, also, hopefully uh, FedEx will have less propensity for losing it because they're really good at losing those boxes. Um, they know what's in it. So, you know, there's all kinds of exciting things that can happen for us with room temperature semen. So yeah. it's probably a, a few years away, but it is on the horizon and that's, that's pretty exciting. Um, the other thing that I have to say is, is, uh, me nerding out on the other side of what I enjoy, which is performance horse medicine. Um, there are some really cool things out there about understanding how horses injure themselves so that we can look at what they do and prevent it. Um, that's a big area in the human athlete looking at if you jump this way, you're more likely to tear your ACL. So let's work on training you to jump correctly so you don't tear your ACL. That is translating over into the equine world where we're trying to look at horses and say, all right, if the dressage horse does this in the pirouette, they're likely to get a proximal suspensory. So what can we do to train that horse to carry themselves just a little bit differently so that they're not likely to do that? Okay, and that you out of is pretty exciting. <laughs> yeah, but, but oh, I would that that would be fine with me on that front. I don't like seeing injured horses. Well, yeah, and it actually gives you a whole new business, doesn't it? Because somebody has to advise on on those movements, on those things. Uh, yes, and and I will say that prevention is much more exciting for veterinarians. It's not as sexy, but it's more exciting. 
um, than treating broken horses. None of us want to do that. Well, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us. It is Spring Hill Equine Clinic in Newberry, Florida. Is that far from Ocala, by the way? We, we're about an hour north. Okay. I wasn't sure. So you're above Gainesville yet or in the Gainesville area? We are due west of Gainesville. Okay. Got it. So, well, Dr. Latcher, you can come on the show anytime. Yeah, you're You've been great. a blast. And you put up with us. <laughs> so that was even better. <laughs> you put up with me. So no problem. <laughs> Spring Hill Equine. You can find them on Facebook as well. We'll put a link to it in our show notes. Thank you to Dr. Erica for joining us. Appreciate it. You're very welcome. Okay, she was terrific. <laughs> we threw her some serious curveballs, and she played right along. I love her, and I love that I could joke about semen. semen. <laughs> I knew that's what you were going to say. And she didn't hang up. <laughs> no, she hung right in there. <laughs> you know, yeah, some I of the like vets her. we've had over the years have uh, have instantly known how to take us, and some have not. Can I tell you what I'm scared of in this segment? What? So my ex, my evil ex-boyfriend is a veterinarian in Atlanta, and I would, I'm would, i just so scared that one day I'm going to open the show notes and his name is going to be the You vet. might want to put him on the blacklist and send it over to Denise. Okay. <laughs> might be what you yeah. want to do. Like every time it's Wednesday and I see this segment coming up, I'm like, oh, God. Okay. <laughs> Although part of me, and I think the listeners agree, we would love to have him on. Oh, I'd love to have him on. <laughs> I would personally love to have him on. I mean, this one got really ugly. This got uglier than divorce. So, um, like, it was it was really ugly. You would not have fun with this one. You would your butt would hurt the whole time. Like, you'd be really uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's a sale going on over at horselovers.com. Oh, big, no. Big surprise. <laughs> I can't take another one. I'm so horse lovers poor. <laughs> <laughs> that credit card bill, I'm sure some of that was horse lovers, not just the truck. Oh, no, I have my own credit card. <laughs> yeah. So they're having a Western sale. You know, and uh, for our Western listeners, we have a lot of Western listeners. Well, they're having a Western sale right now. They have casual products. They have classic Equine products. They have Martin products up to 66% off. I'm looking at saddlebags here that are marked down uh, about 30%. Uh, they have fly masks. They have all kinds of brass collars. And head stalls have a bunch of different head stalls that are marked way down, like 40, 50% off. Girths, just, I mean, there's four pages of stuff that is all Western. Uh, boots, uh, all different kinds of boots, uh, saddle pads, uh, barrel pads, just the barrel pad is marked down from $200 to 158 Those pads are expensive, by the way. We think we pay a lot for English pads. They ain't nothing compared to what they pay for these Western pads. Um, yeah, but they were they have one. Yeah, and it lasts up. We, we had this conversation <laughs> with Tara yesterday. Tara thinks it's very funny that we wash stuff and clean stuff. She thinks that's hilarious. Like my, they don't they don't, the, they don't the, do that. <laughs> the woman who does saddle fitting in my neighborhood, she's like, Well, she's a Western rider, so you make sure she learns how to clean her English tack. Because apparently Western riders don't clean no, anything. No, and they, their saddle pads are not washable. And I said, well, what do you do? They must stink after a while. She said, well, you can hose them. You put them on and you hose them. They uh, don't do that either. Are you kidding? <laughs> but uh, they have uh, tons of different head stalls everywhere from $35 on up. Head over to horselovers.com right now. Also, I just have to click on the deal of the day every day because I have to do that. And that is the Western stuff. So you're going to see that it has seven days to go, 66% off on their English deal. English riders, the, the Ashley Breaches 
all their Ashley breeches. Now you sometimes you've got to be tall and skinny like Abby, but uh, Ashley breeches twenty bucks. Yeah, and, and I have. Two they have the camo really ones. Do you do you you own a pair of camo breeches? You 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 have to. I can definitely say I do not own a pair of camo breeches. Of camo I feel breeches. like <laughs> I feel like I would get shot at out here. No, you'll be one of the cool kids where you live. <clears throat> I would get laughed at if I rolled up to like my friend Madison's barn. She has a Western barn down the street. If I rolled up in camo breeches, they would laugh me out because that'd be like the biggest poser thing I could do considering <laughs> I'm like anti-hunting. And <laughs> Do you remember those uh, psychedelic uh, multicolored lined breeches we bought as a joke one year at Ada? Yes, Gen- Gen- horrible. Jennifer was wearing them the other day. <laughs> she was actually had them on the other day. I was like, oh my God, they still exist. Horse I lo- would love a pair of tie-dye breeches. So if you see those on Horse Lovers, I want tie-dye. Well, we're going Let's to Ada this weekend. We'll keep an eye out, all right? For tie-dye okay, breeches. good. All right, yep. The hippie and Jamie can come out. Yeah. And uh, Well, you can find all of that, again, over at horselovers.com. We appreciate their, appreciate their support, and you can follow them on Facebook as well. One quick thing, and then we're going to talk about the Pegasus World Cup coming up, is the American Horse Publications, which we're a member of, which, oh, by the way, we're an award-winning member of. We won the Best Podcast Award last year, 2017. And they, there's more than just us. Yeah, no, there were like 20. <laughs> it's like there's 20 <laughs> podcasts on the hours. So they are doing their fourth annual annual horse owners survey right now i would encourage you to go to ahphorsesurvey.com ahphorsesurvey.com they need to be in by april the first they do this survey every three years it helps gauge the population trends and management practices in the u.s helps identify issues as far as health is concerned and managing horses it's a fairly extensive survey so it's going to take you a little bit of time to do it uh the study is anonymous they don't know who does these and they're just aggregating all the data not individual data but uh, it is important that these surveys are important for the financial side of the horse world. Uh, they're important for people who invest in the horse world to know these numbers. So if you get a chance, whether you're a backyard horse owner or you're a top-level competitor like Alexandra coming up here later in the show, uh, we really do want you to go over and take it. It's ahphorsesurvey.com. A little race coming up this weekend. I know this one's really excited. So this is the one where everybody has to buy in for a million dollars. And so this is, this is gambling on crack is the Pegasus. And it's super fun to watch because you watch a bunch of rich folks squirm. Yeah, that's, right. <laughs> that's pretty terrible. I say that, but remember who last year won uh, the Pegasus winner was Arrowgate. So who just beat California Chrome. Can I jump in here um, quick? Uh, Jemmy, you're the, this is your first time and you know nothing about horse racing. But um, we will Nothing. be picking our pick for the winner at the end of this. So you have I to go, pay attention. You have to pay attention. I go by name. You can go use whatever system you'd like, but we expect a, a prediction, okay? Oh, boy. Okay. Okay. Right. Okay. So we've got Gunrunner. He's got to be the hands-down favorite. This is his final race. This is his last two He's just been absolutely amazing. I think he's won almost $9 million. So this might take him higher than Arrogate uh, as far as money earnings. I don't know. Uh, but Gunrunner by Candy Ride. Steve Asmussen is a trainer. Fleurageau is the jockey. He's, <laughs> he's never run at Gulfstream either. This beats the first time, believe it or not, at Gulfstream. Uh, West Coast is the Baffert entry. And um, he's... 
at two million, and he's probably I think he's coming in second is what they think. So he's the second favorite. Um, then we've got a horse named Collected, which is another Baffert entry by City Zip, and this is Mike Smith's entry. So he will come in, in second. second. Yeah, that's right. He will come in second because <laughs> Mike Smith is riding it. <clears throat> oh, by the way, he was second. This horse collected was second in the Breeders' Cup Classic. So, of course, he was. <laughs> there you go. Of course, probably he was. ridden by Mike sure. Smith. <laughs> Sharp at oh, and they're saying maybe he came in second in that race because it was a bad decision by Mike Smith. <laughs> really? Yeah, that's what they said. <laughs> Sharp as Tekka is the next one. Please don't ever book him for this show. I just would couldn't do it. Oh, and I, I know he doesn't you listen. You know the listeners so. right now are wanting him booked so bad for this show. No chance. Um, we've got Sharp I think as we have Tekka. a chance of getting him about the same time we do Kaylee Cuco. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think we're closer to Kaylee, but whatever. Uh, Sharpest Tech is one one point seven. It is by a horse named Frude, and Navarro is the trainer, and Irad Ortiz is the jockey, and um, he's never gone this far in a race, so it's going to be a lot for him. Gunavera, we all know Gunavera. He's at one point six million in earnings, and he closes really well. So keep. He, he he's the horse that streams by them all at the end, you know? Um, so I think he won the fountain fountain of youth stakes. Stellar wind. Oh, girl power. Stellar wind is the daughter of Curland. Chad Brown is the trainer. Rosario, uh, Jose Rosario is the jockey. I think that's right. Uh, 2.2 million in earnings. This daughter of Curland is crazy. She actually was sold at the last sale, I believe, at Keeneland for six million. Uh, and Coolmore bought her for six million dollars. And then they're like, "Oh, we're not retiring her to Broodmare. She's going back out running." So they decided to run her in the Pegasus. This is kind of like Try probably her back. last. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I think. Chad just you know started training her after this, but you all know I have a little crush on Chad Brown. I love him. So she's six years old and it's going to be her toughest race. You know, I would think, but I like stellar Wind now that her arch nemesis has retired. So I, I'm going to pull. Well, I won't. We'll get our picks at the end. Toast of New York is running and he's at 2.3 million in earnings. I mean, this horse is like, the stuff all all of these horses in the race are just amazing uh war story that's what i think you picked him in the derby didn't you i did yeah he, yeah so uh how did i remember that i don't know so, I didn't jose ortiz <laughs> the jockey he's six years old he's you picked him a couple years ago um he's run at 13 different tracks he's taken on the best horses in the country he's and he's, he gets kinda, around <laughs> he's always like fourth though yeah you know, and so this is going to be, you Not know, I'm quite this, sure they, why they put this horse in. We don't, um, because there's there. a lot of money on the line here. Um, the seeking the soul is another one that is coming in. The trainer is Dallas Stewart and he's kind of going to be the long shot, but Dallas Stewart apparently has a history of getting long shots to the finish line first. So you get a look for him, uh, at least in the top. They're saying he, he would be a good one to put in the superfecta and I've never I think I bet a superfecto one time. Three's hard enough. <laughs> it's like sometimes if I can't decide before between four, I'm like I'll bet four, and then I realize how much that costs. Yeah, it's like thirty dollars, please. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. like what? Twelve dollars? No thanks. Uh, Giant expectations is another one. A son of Frost Giant. He's only won twice at the grade two level, so this is going to be tough for 
for him. Giant, giant expectations, though. That's his name. Um, Fear the Cowboy. Ooh, that's a good name. Fear the Cowboy was actually bred by the University of Kentucky. This is a and bizarre was... story. This story yeah. is bizarre. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, he was sold uh, for $1,500, and now he's six years old, and he's won two grade three stakes races. So <laughs> it's kind of like this one, they're, you know, they're hoping he finishes all the people around him. But what, I mean, this is like your 50 to one story right here, you know, yep. like $1,500. Read by the goes. University of Kentucky at their little farm you pass on the way to the Kentucky Horse Park. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So he's never run with anything uh, this fast uh, in this high class. So it's going to be really hard and he will be the the biggest long shot in the field. And then finally, we've got Singing Bullet as uh, a Dale Roman's horse. He has one win and he's only run in allowance races. Uh, I think he came. He has a couple grade two um, and he's never run this far. I, I swear this people just go, let's put it, you got to put something in. We spent a million dollars on it, put something in. And this is kind of one of those things. So does the Reeves have a horse in this time? That's what I was looking. They don't, they're not saying the owners in any of these, but the Reeves do own a spot. Reeves, of course, from mucho macho man fame. And, and they've been on the show a billion times and we love them uh, immensely. So I need to find the owners yeah. of these, but, the, the, this breakdown was only the only the trainers and jockeys. So, so should we be is, mean to the rookie and make her go first? Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So I'll give you the names again. Here we go. Wait a minute. I'm names? the rookie. Yeah, I know. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> You're definitely the rookie in this camp. I was uh, following along very well. I was doing my homework, and I actually pick have a pick. You do. Okay. Oh, wow. Let's hear it. So my pick is going to Vera. Simply what? because the way that you described him, Jamie, he sounded like, I loved his spirit. Like he comes up from behind, is going to come and surprise you at the end. And yeah, it just sounded like a, a winning spirit. So That's I'm going a great, with, with Bear. A great choice. Very what? good. Much better I like than mine. That. <laughs> There's that. Oh, Glenn, who'd you pick because of the name? I was torn because there's so many war names in this. We, we got Gunrunner, we got Gunavera, we got Singing Bullet. War uh, Story. And, and then we got Fair, uh, Fear the Cowboy. And I just, when I'm going by name, these are tough today. <sighs> if I'm going by name, I have to go Fear the Cowboy. Fear the, the Cowboy. cowboy. Okay. Like, Currently, Fear the Cowboy is sitting 40 at 40 to 1. I'm going to win a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> He's uh, but they're they're saying their synopsis was he is a big long shot. <laughs> <laughs> but what a come from behind fifteen hundred dollars story. Well, you've got uh, you, so so the way this works is you've got um, maiden races, Jimmy, which is a horse has never won a race before, and then you've got maybe some claiming mm -hmm. races, which is a, a little step up, uh, not much of one, uh, and then you've got allowance races. And that's another little step up. And then you've got graded graded races. And you've got grade three, grade two, and grade one. Just to keep it simple. Mm -hmm. Now, Fear the Cowboy <laughs> has run twice in two grade threes. This is a grade one. This is like the this is like the championship of the world okay <laughs> and and it's like okay we're going to put well we're going to put me 
and Zeus in Rolex. <laughs> Be like, good luck. <laughs> so uh, that, that's kind of where, where we're at. But you but know, what I figure with- is they would not have paid a million dollars and put this horse in unless they didn't think he was a sleeper. That's true. And my God, I would love to eat my words just so you know that. I'd be like, fear the cowboy freaking one. That'd be amazing. <laughs> um, you know, one that is not picked to win at all is Stellar Wind, uh, the Philly. She's the first female runner and she was she was a champ, you know, she was the Eclipse Award winner when she was three. And she's kind of come back. She's with Chad Brown. I gotta go with Stellar Wind. I do feel like we're all choosing second place. Because I feel like yes. Gunrunner is gonna gonna take it no matter what. But it's racing, you know. Robin's racing. We you don't know what's gonna happen. So I just checked I think, the odds uh, on Gunrunner again. He's still one to one, which means you win one no one. money. <laughs> it's like you bet two dollars and you get two dollars back. Uh, well, put him in an exacto. And if uh, this keeps up, it'll be that negative thing that we've seen every once in a while, where you bet two dollars and you get a dollar eighty back if he wins. Yeah, um, that, that's, <laughs> that sucks. Don't do that. So, uh, well, that was well explained, though the whole the whole grade of the races thing. That was actually very well explained. I'd never heard it explained quite that way before. Well, uh, hopefully, I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> You never know. Dawn, you ask me a question. If I don't know the answer, I'll just make it up. Don, you can correct her. You can just send me a note. Don will correct that, yeah, I'm sure. Don will fix it. <laughs> All right. good to me, but what do I know? <laughs> All right. So we've written down our guesses, and we'll, when we come back next time, we'll uh, have to now, see who Jimmy, wins. Jimmy, you have to write it down. Yeah. Because you're in charge. I did. Okay. So okay. you were Stellar Wynn, Glenn was Fear the Cowboy, and I was Gunavera. I really oh. like that you picked Fear the Cowboy, Glenn, i got to tell you. Hey. And all my pictures, I'm in a cowboy hat. I had to pick Because literally cowboy. nobody fears you. I know. Like, nobody. <laughs> I know. It's like his alter ego that it he's is. talking about. <laughs> it is. Me walking around it's with my six shooters. That's right. All right. Let's do this. Uh, there was a video that's, speaking of videos, there was isn't a video. It time, isn't it time to do first world problems? Uh, we have a little time. Oh, you okay. want to do first world problems first? Oh, yeah. Okay. We can do that. Sorry. I'm sorry. Jeez. Let me go ahead and start by saying, if you do have an equestrian problem, it is a first world problem. And these are all submitted by our auditors. So if you want to be a part of this, you can either send me a message with your first world problems or just pony up a dollar a month and be an auditor. It is a fun, fun group of individuals. And you'll learn it's a fun group of individuals by the problems that they have. Okay. It's really sad. Uh, first of all, Rachel says that, Oh, my dog has allergies. So she's snoring like a tractor, <laughs> but the good news is I can tell she's not dead. <laughs> That's lucky. That's how lucky sleeps. He sleeps on the like baby rocking chair that I bought for a glider for Lucas. And, and she, he sleeps on there and it's like, <laughs> I'm like, you don't fit in that chair. You got to move. You're squishing. Uh, Rhonda says, and Glenn, you'll love this one. Poor Rhonda. I just have to choose just five of my favorite horsey shirts to wear on the HRN cruise. (laughs) Rhonda's where we are less than three weeks away, but we're still like, we're still like 18 days away and she is already packed. So I feel like Rhonda is going to be one of those individuals who comes in on the cruise with like a, a, a flower lay and a 
like a Tommy Bahama shirt, you know, one of those like Bahama yes. shirts, but with horse print on it. Yes. Like, like Santa Claus on well, horses, you know, like that kind of thing. She is the Horse Radio Network uh, official cruise director for the cruise. So I know she she needs one of those hats with like a yeah. card in it, you know. So follow me. She's taking it very thing. seriously too. We appreciate Rhonda. She's been a big help. <laughs> she's been on like eighty five cruises, so I mean, she gets it. <sighs> she's still alive. It's amazing. <laughs> Jill says. So I can't decide between my Burgundy Lemieux polo wraps with the contoured black air mesh saddle pad or my blueberry Lemieux polo wraps with the contoured air mesh. Ah, we're going to look like hobos at my horse camp this weekend. (laughs) Rachel says, oh, my horse has started shedding. So I look like a snowman if I brush up against her. And now she won't be shedded out by the show in two weeks and everything's going to be covered in hair. (laughs) Are real. Katie says, uh, my can I horse- one word for that clippers. Clippers. <laughs> no, you can't clip it this late because then the hair follicle looks weird. You cut the hair. Don't clip it. Just elbow grease. This uh, isn't late. It's the middle of winter. You have to clip. You know when the solstice is, Glenn? Here, here's we don't a little. Clip till for about two weeks we'll clip. Oh, God. Yeah. No. No, no. Then you're no. The, the hair doesn't look very good after that. Um, yeah. So you want to clip this when the solstice happens. You can got it like a week or two after the solstice to get your clipping done. You're too late, Glenn. You're too late. It is your kind of funny seeing Scooter with bad hair, though. It's kind of yeah. Funny. It's really bad. <laughs> um. So Katie says, my horse pooped in the water tank and I had just cleaned it. So I had to drag the hose out of my house and down to the barn. And then my dollar store hose sprung a leak and it sprayed me in the face and my hair froze. And it took twice. <laughs> We've all had tank, that dollar store and hose. It was too. so cold. <laughs> We've all had that hose. That hose right there. <laughs> oh. Um. By the way, Charlie. we don't buy the dollar store hoses. I splurge now and get the expensive ones just because of that reason. Right oh, there. you know what? Uh, at Lowe's, they sell a hose that's lifetime guaranteed. Really? <laughs> so they like a thousand dollars. I have brought it back like forty-seven times. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I Chad and I Joe. He's like, I feel really guilty. I'm like, it says lifetime guarantee, <laughs> and so I bring it in, and I'm like, hi. So I go get one, and I come up to the front with mine, and I'm. I'm like, hey, switching these out. And they go, okay. Yeah, seriously, it's amazing. <laughs> it should say lifetime guarantee except for horse girls. Then, Unless you have a farm. Right, yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> In Arizona, too. Yeah, is it's black and it just dies. Anyway, um, Emily says, I'm running out of, <laughs> oh my God, this is, this is so first world. I'm running out of propane for the horse's water trough heater. <laughs> <laughs> God, your horses have a heat of water drop with propane. With propane? Yeah, I've never seen that. <laughs> uh, that's first world right there. <laughs> Michaela, I haven't ridden my own horses in months due to school, but I'm going to school to pay for them. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Good job. Uh, Matthew says, oh, the weather has been really nice, and now my horse thinks it's time to shed out. Everybody that's still in the snow hates you right now, Matthew. Yeah, they really do. Um, <laughs> Kimberly, my horse stepped on my foot and bent my toe ring, and now I can't get it off. <laughs> okay, that's a first. Hippie. <laughs> By the Damn way, hippie. Can I throw in here that tomorrow? Uh, now 
of course, women are not allowed to listen, but we, the Horse Husbands episode is back. I did it with Joseph last night. <laughs> and he came up with the idea of having horse husbands on who have been hurt as a result of the horses, and we hear about their injuries. Okay. Let me just say that I know the women aren't allowed to listen, but let me just say there were, it was interesting show. It was an interesting show. And Matt Hagee, you ended up, we thought you were going to win. But somebody beat you out in the end for the most horrific injury. But Matt, you were right in there. Let's just say Matt was bent over for three days. So, so this is one of those don't let your husbands listen. To this <laughs> no, one but I think there'll be a lot gonna... of wives listening and laughing their asses off, to be honest. Okay, good. Um, by the way, Kimberly said she did have boots on during that event. And oh, well, good. Her totally she wasn't crushed. in flip-flops. Leslie says... My horses won't pee outside. And my mare, she comes in to feed and then pees in the stall. Ugh. I I walk outside and Duke pees. I'm like, where are you standing? Just on the rubber mats and like just sprays everywhere. I'm like, ugh, seriously. I'm coming to get you to put you outside. Stop peeing. Um, Avery says, I was just about to go for my lunchtime run today, but then it started sleeting, so I had to run on the treadmill. (laughs) (laughs) We're such such horrible people. I didn't run on the treadmill. I could run outside. Elizabeth, it's finally warm enough, and I want to ride. But I also want to sail my sailboat. Oh, I don't know what to do. Oh, my God. She has a boat and a horse? There's a broke person right there. Yeah, that's Liz for you. God. That's Liz. All right, Ave- oh, Avery has two. My barn boots smell so bad, and now my car smells like horse pee. God, that is... I- I've been in the situation where I've worn my boots. Like I don't even like... There are boots I don't even wear around the horses, but I've run out there once or twice. And I went to an Air Force function, and I was like, "Who smells like horse urine?" Like, like, oh, somebody. I'm like, oh my god, it's me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but you can't always when you can't figure out who it is. It's you. That's right. Yeah, it's you. That's right. Uh, Anne says I've had to wait three weeks for my new saddle class, and I've been having to use my 14 current ones from my one horse. girls love their saddle pads the western people are shaking their heads (laughs) these ours are $30 and theirs are $300 yeah that's why they only get one (laughs) Kayla says it's been in the high to mid 40s all week and so the farrier's coming out this morning and now it's only gonna be high of 30 Uh, that's bad when you think 40 is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. Nicole. <laughs> Nicole, this is really sad. I, I don't know what I would do if I was you, and I would just have to figure out a way to do both. Both Isabel Firth and Charlotte DeJordan are holding clinics near me this year, but I can't justify attending both, so I have to pick just one. Oh, that was. I got to go to Charlotte, both. don't you? Oh, Isabel's amazing, I though, know, too. But it's Charlotte. <laughs> She's like the queen of dressage. Gosh, I don't know. I would YouTube both and see their teaching styles and see which one you like better. Yeah, and I've heard really, really good things about Charlotte, too. Listen, we know you're in the Charlotte camp, okay? <laughs> I get it. I'm just saying. Unfortunately, Blueberry is not going to be there, and you don't get to ride him. So That's you got to just take it as it is. And then um, two more. Jessica says, I didn't get to ride all weekend because we had to go to Disney World. <laughs> Ugh. 
were you at Disney World on Saturday, Jessica? So she I was, was actually, I noticed I her see. Facebook post. She was at Animal Kingdom the same day you were at uh, Magic Kingdom. Are you stalking her? No, no, she's on? a friend of ours. She was on our, <laughs> actually, it's the Jessica that Jemmy knows too. She was on our Finding Florida show. She came out and did an adventure with us. I love her. She's great. Yeah. 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 Poor thing. Yeah. Didn't get to ride all But weekend. that's the problem. When you live in Orlando, when the company comes to, you're going to Disney. <laughs> you're yeah. going. Yep. Better get a, your fast pass six months out. Yep. <laughs> and then finally, Rachel says, I can't decide which of my six saddles I'm going to use today. Hey. <laughs> All right. Let's take a break. For, for, I, we're not going to have time, I don't think. So let me just plug this quick. Um Pam Harden has become popular for a video that you've probably all seen. She, oh. she is a paradressage rider who was in a test, and the horse bolted on her, basically. And she held on as long as she could. And then she did what she calls a voluntary dismount, but she voluntarily dismounted into the number holder. And it wasn't one of those little ones you stick in the ground. It was one of those great big box ones. Flower boxes. Yeah. And it was made of plastic, and she said she knew that going in, but... It was one of the most dramatic. It now has 600,000 views on this video. And she was a guest on the Dressage Show. So head over to the latest uh, Dressage Radio. Go to dressageradio.com. And the latest episode, you'll see it says Pam Harden. She talks about that fall and what happened after. And also how the question came up in the audit room, do Paris think about and prepare to fall off because they have to think about those things. Sometimes their feet are strapped in to stirrups and things like that. And the answer to the question is answered by Pam during this interview. And she, we met her at the function we were at in Wellington here two weeks ago. She is the most incredible person. I think she said she's almost 60, by the way, which you wouldn't guess it from looking at her. But she she is just incredible. And you want to hear the story of this fall. And it's... Uh, it's on the Dressage Radio Show, so go take a listen to that. In the meantime, let's play a little Brianna by Bren Hill, and we're going to come back with one of our terrific auditors who went to Europe shopping for horses, and she's going to tell us all about it. Brianna, saddle up that pony and ride him one last time For the winds of change blow you away Ride him till you're out of your troubled mind And everything's gonna be okay I promise somebody hears the dreams you pray And cowgirls and angels are one in the same And if you're gonna be true You're gonna have to be strong And when you find yourself all alone Just whisper my name and hold on Hold on Brianna Somebody loves you more than you could ever dream And everything that she does, she does for you 
everything else that she can do for you. And cowgirls and angels are one in the same. And if you're gonna be true, you're gonna have to be strong. And when you find yourself all alone, just whisper my name and hold on. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you today by horselovers.com. I would say who that was singing, but I don't know. Bren Glenn, Hill. Who was that? Bren Hill. Bren Hill. And you can find Bren. that at brenhill.com. Sounds good. Well, is uh, Alexandra ready? She is. <sighs> okay. <laughs> she, I think, needs to be my best friend. And like, I think that... Um, if I was single, I would ask if she had a brother. <laughs> I thought you were going to say I would ask her out. I thought that's what you were going to say. I Well, I might. You know, she is really pretty. <laughs> this just got really weird, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I would ask for your brother. Okay. So uh, Alexandra Ireland is our auditor, and she is um, always on some adventure buying big, beautiful horses. And you just went on a horse shopping trip to England. Yeah, it was so fun. Oh my gosh. Tell, tell me, where'd you go? What, where, where, what stable, what type of farm, what'd you ride? Tell me everything. Yeah. So I actually went to Carlisle, England, um, which is actually close to Scotland. Uh, to QC Sport Horses, and they are pretty specialized in um, just sales horses. That's all he does. He's a friend of a really good friend of mine, uh, Richard Pickin, who's actually Boyd Martin and Philip Dutton's show jumping coach. Never so heard of him. he suggested this to me. <laughs> yeah, never heard of us. <laughs> so uh, he suggested this contact for me, and so I just kind of went on a whim and booked a flight and went over for my first solo shopping trip in Europe. You went by yourself? Wow. Yeah, I went all by myself. Wow. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'd be getting myself in so much trouble. So, (laughs) so you went over to this place, you arrive at their bar and you're like, let me see what you got. Yeah. Yep. And they had about 30 horses for me to try. And it was about 30 degrees outside and blowing wind. And I come from California. So like just that in its own was 
crazy. <laughs> so did you, so you, so you rode 30 horses. How many days did that take? <laughs> uh, I was there for three days and we got all 30 ridden. And then I rode my favorite ones twice. Oh my gosh. So but when you say like you ride 30 horses, you get on and you kind of jump around a couple of little jumps and you know pretty quickly if you're, it's going to work or not for what you want. Right. Right. So you've got all these horses. What, what, what gives you the sense of, okay, I like this one. What do you feel on a horse that you like? So it was actually really interesting for me this time because I rode a lot of like really nice top um, show jumpers that were kind of younger and gearing towards the big ring. And then I rode some that were like going amateur type horses, which is what I went there to buy um, for investment. So when you get on them and like the young ones that are like really geared towards that big ring, they ride so differently. They tend to be a little bit hotter. They um, pull a little harder. Like my arms were sore by day two from these young ones. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'd never really ridden anything like that. Um, Mm -hmm. and so when you get on, like, it was really fun to ride those horses, but they would never work for the type of market I'm trying to buy them for. So, um, so I would just get on and you want to find something that's like pretty soft in the bridle and just kind of goes along at its own pace. And you don't have to really make a lot of adjustments. You want something that's pretty easy to find a distance on nothing that pulls you past the distance and things like that. Wow. Amazing. Uh, now I heard a little rumor about, because I feel like they all are trying to get me to breed my mare to a horse named Steve. Tell me about Steve. Oh my God. Steve was my very favorite out of everybody. And my boyfriend told me I can't have a stallion here. So <laughs> I'm, oh, no. sure I'm going to fly back and ride him again because I love him so much. Uh, or break up with the boyfriend. Yeah, they're either one. <laughs> I know. I know. Right. Can't have it. <laughs> yeah. He was amazing. He's a Zanger shied, Um, and he literally canters around with his amateur rider in the meter 30, like just on a loose rein. He's just so cool. He's so cool. He didn't even fit anything that I went there to look for, but I just completely fell in love with him. So, <laughs> wow. That's I, I, why, why won't he let you have a stallion? Come on. Uh, I know but we have so many horses and I'm on the road so much that we just didn't want to strap my staff having to deal with a stallion. Cause it, as much as he's such a good guy, it is a little bit of extra work and you have to be careful and it's a bit yeah. of a liability. So, but I told, I told Jonathan over there, he's not allowed to sell him without telling me cause I want to go over and compete him in Holland once before he goes. <laughs> Oh my gosh. That sounds amazing. That's so cool. So you fell in love with Steve. You're not allowed to buy him. Was there like a John or a Jimbo that you liked also? Is there a second choice? Yeah. Yeah. We actually, um, there was quite a few horses I really loved, but we picked out, uh, this French gelding and his name is Bori. So he's going through the vetting process right now. All the x-rays just got done yesterday. So they're getting sent off to my vet now. And as long as we get the seal of approval from everybody, he'll come over. Oh my gosh. That'd be so cool. I can't wait to meet him. And now you, we, we had talked about this before, uh, and, and doing this and it didn't quite work out for me to go, but you are currently at Coachella hits in Coachella. Tell everybody, Glenn doesn't know what that is. So tell him and everybody what, what hits Coachella is. 
hits Coachella is essentially our West on the West coast. So mm. uh, we have eight weeks of showing over here it's in the desert, um, in the Coachella desert, which is right by like Palm Springs. It's kind of all that same area. So we have this huge show grounds and it's beautiful here. It's about 75 degrees every day. Um, and so we're here just for the first few weeks, but the circuit does go on for eight weeks. Um, I have two horses of my own. I have Carl and Rouge here, and then I have uh, two or three catch rides this week. So, Does it have the I'm crazy sorry. kind of feel like, uh, like Hits or WEF does here? What was that? Does it have the crazy kind of feel like uh, WEF does here, like the crazy intensity? Uh, I don't think it's quite that bad, but it is. We just had week one last week, and I'm going out for the, today's the first week of week two for me. So I heard that this week's going to be a lot busier. Last week just kind of felt like a regular horse show. It Mm. is big, and like there's, it's kind of fun. You know, it's star-studded. There's a lot of amazing riders here. The Grand Prix ring is beautiful and it's overlooked by this huge vip area and it's pretty magnificent um but i wouldn't say it's quite to that point okay enough talk about the horses i gotta no 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 no, 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 wait a minute i'm still talking i want to talk about carl no 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 no. carl and no no no. these are great names there's nothing more important than what i'm about to ask her and she knows what it is you walked by kaylee kuko's (laughs) barn uh, and and you said you were going to stop in and get an interview did you get that accomplished Oh, no, I said I was not going to stop in. Oh, man. (laughs) I think we just have to fly Glenn out here because she's like walks around everywhere. I mean, she's just like another person at the horse show. She just walks around. She hangs out. You mean Kaylee Kuko could walk by me, like right by me? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going. I walked to the ring and she's right in front of me yesterday. Jennifer, (laughs) I'm out of here. Another person here. Jamie, you're on your own. (laughs) You can go to Ada with Jennifer. I'm going to head out to the West Coast. Well, I got to tell you, Alexander, I'm ignoring him. Um, I am watching the video from Rouge and Coachella this week. And first of all, the the, the place is amazing. The footing is perfect. There's palm trees in the background. I mean, you're halfway between me and L.A. right now. So I know the exact place you're at. And by the way, that place is hell in the summer. Straight up hell, but yeah. enjoy it. <laughs> enjoy it now. Rouge looks amazing. Um, do you get, you're going in, I mean, these are like four foot jumps. Do you get nervous or are you kind of just like, eh, whatever? Uh, usually like the first class of the week, I get a couple little butterflies. Like uh, the first class of last week, I was riding a brand new horse that I'd never shown before. We've had him for two weeks. And so I was a little nervous to walk into that one because I had no idea what was going to happen. It's like the first class of the first year on a brand new horse. So, um, but mostly once you get in the groove of things, it's kind of, I do so many rounds every day. You just kind of get used to it. You'd wear yourself out if you got too nervous all the time. I need that. Whatever you drink before you go in, I need to, I need a sip of it because I still get super nervous. <laughs> That's great. Well, this is so exciting. I'm so excited to see what happens with you guys and that you're out there and you're doing it. You call home normally Northern California, right? Yes. Yeah. It was about six and a half hours to get here, except for I had a lot of adventure trying to get here. So it took about twice that. So, Oh boy. Flat tires and yeah. transmission. Yeah. <laughs> 
so many that sound familiar? <laughs> you name it, that's what happened. <laughs> oh, great. Well, best of luck to you. And oh my gosh, I'm going to hide in your suitcase in your next European trip. And then they would I laugh. Got fr- I got a front seat in the truck. You can come. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Thanks, Alexandra. Have a great one. Good luck. Thanks a bunch. Thank you so much. Kaylee Kuko, when she's standing in front of you, all you have to do is say, hey, Horse Radio Network, they want to talk to you. Yes. Tell her she has a stalker (laughs) and we want to talk to her. That's all you have to do. Or get out your phone and do the interview and send it over. Either one. You can do the interview. Just get out your phone. and. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, go on. I'll work on it for you. Alexandra, get this done. Chop, chop. Don't make it weird. Don't do it. (sighs) All right. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What would you have to live up to if I got that finished? You'd have nothing to look forward to in your life. That's true. Exactly. I'd have to find a new one to stalk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thanks, Alexander. I don't want to take that from you, son. Okay, you thanks. I appreciate morning. you looking after me. Bye. <laughs> Leave her alone, Glenn. I'm not talking about Alexander. I'm talking about Kate. Leave her alone. <laughs> I've tried Twitter messaging her. I'm really going to get a restraining order soon. Uh, oh. It's not going to be good. I feel so sorry for you. I know. Hey, it's it's um. I think we're uh, we're done. It's it's time. I have dreams. I have dreams. <laughs> Before dreams. I have dreams. <laughs> Before we go into the book, uh, to, uh, because uh, we end the show with that. Uh, I did want to mention that it is the horse husband episode tomorrow. Friday we'll have a best of for you, and then Monday is the product episode from Ada. So we'll have that for you on Monday. You don't want to miss the horse husband episode tomorrow. <laughs> Uh, you might get a little squeamish at times, but it was a fun one to record. Totally worth it. <laughs> yeah, it was a fun one to record. I'm surprised we haven't done that one before. And you're, what, do you have any plans over the weekend? I am taking Zeus and Duke and Thor. Thor and Duke will be ridden by students of mine, and we're all going to a dressage show. Oh, wow. wow. And I'm feeling fairly successful this weekend. So Zeus and I, I think we're going to come home with the blue ribbon and I'll tell you why it is a dressage show, but you can elect to do test of choices. And so I'm doing the new novice eventing tests and I'm the only one in the class. (laughs) So as long as he doesn't jump out of the ring, the class against myself. So I'm riding it twice. So I get to be, I get to have a first and a second. (laughs) If you get to, if you can keep it in the ring and not jumping over the little fence, then you're good. I, as long as I don't get fall off or something, (laughs) then we're a shoe in for some point. (laughs) All right, everybody. Thank you, Jemmy for joining us. Appreciate it. Hey, Nudergeld. All right, everybody, here's the book. We are on chapter 17, I believe. The Opium Equation is the first of the Cat and Wright mystery series written by Lisa Wysocki. It features Cat and Wright, a Tennessee Appaloosa horse trainer, Darcy Whitcomb, teenager with a trust fund, Bubba Henley, a budding juvenile delinquent, and John Gardner, a mysterious barn manager. And of course, there's Sally Blue. Thank you to the publisher, Cool Titles, for allowing us to read this book. If you want to read ahead, all four books in the series are available in stores and online everywhere or at lisawysaki.com. Chapter 17. Unlike most of the other places on River Road, my barn was located behind the house, thus offering the horses rather than myself a clear view of the Cumberland River. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful view, and I hope they appreciated it. 
The barn had originally been built more than 50 years ago as a semi-permanent residence for dried tobacco leaves, a big industry in this part of the country. A few decades later, and with little or no renovation, it served as a shelter for beef cattle. By the time I bought the place, the barn had been reduced to storing used tractor parts. The basic structure, however, was still sound, so I repeatedly patched a few spots on the roof. Not a fun job, especially if you're like me and get heart palpitations sitting on anything taller than the back of a horse. Built some roomy stalls and hung out my shingle. For now, the barn was adequate, but obviously a day lurked in the not-too-distant future where I would have to make a decision whether to keep repairing and adding on or tear down and build new. But thank goodness that day was not today. Robert Griggs returned my call just as I was finishing up with Petey. It had been a good session, good to get back in the saddle again. Peter's pride was a wonderful all-around horse, very versatile, but versatile didn't always win national and world championships. He was a tall, leggy, angular horse and would do well on a regional level in both hunt seat and the more stylish saddle seat classes. But it had to be either or if he was entered in open classes at the Nationals in July. Because each class was so specialized, this horse couldn't do both at the level needed to win a national title. He was built to handle the saddle seat classes, but was more interested in the hunt seat discipline. Then again, if Darcy chose to compete in youth classes, we were back to needing versatility. We'd have to make some decisions soon, but that meant sitting down and assessing the prospective competition for the coming year, talking with Mason, and getting a firm decision from Darcy as to whether she was going to compete or not. In a nutshell, things I didn't have time for right now. I took Robert's call in the office. I have what you asked for, he said without preamble. But before I tell you what it is, I want your solemn promise that you ain't going to make any of, of the, you aren't going to make any of this stuff. I agreed, my curiosity growing by leaps and bounds. It's laudanum, he said primly. Laudanum? What's that? It's a painkiller, outdated now, but one was used for centuries. It's also a preventative administered orally against malaria and diarrhea, and it was a popular painkiller for dental problems for many years. From what I could find, each doctor tended to have his own laudanum recipe, generally a variation on two ounces of opium and one ounce of saffron dissolved in a pint of wine. Some people threw in a pinch of cinnamon or cloves. The stuff must have tasted like stale cow pee. Can't you just imagine? Are you having pain, cat? Because if you are, you should see a doctor. Pain? No, not me. It's for someone else I know. New, I think. Well, he said, unconvinced, mixing up laudanum on your own is a risky business. Like all opiate-based drugs, it's highly addictive, so you need to go to a clinic at the very least. And soon, cat, don't mess with this stuff. I won't, Robert, but tell me, where can I find out more? After a long hesitation, he suggested the Internet or the main library in Nashville. But I want you to know that if I thought you were actually going to make up a batch, I'd have to do something about it, he finished. Like what, Robert? I didn't appreciate his attitude. There was a long silence on the end. It would be for your own good, he said. Was that a threat? In lieu of a pleasant goodbye, I heard a resounding click. Great, I thought. Just great. Now, on top of everything, one of my students thinks I'm a drug addict. I found it hard to believe Glenda was a druggie, but I kept coming back to it. I dismissed it as incomprehensible that Glenda was dealing. So if she wasn't a druggie and she wasn't dealing, why bother writing down the formula? Surely she hadn't been manufacturing, manufacturing laudanum right there at Fairbanks. Maybe I continued it wasn't Glenda. Maybe there was some other connection with Fairbanks. The phone interrupted my thoughts. 
I'm at the library and I couldn't wait to tell you what I found, said Carol, foregoing the hellos. This is so cool. Colonel Sam was born in 1842 and he was 19 when the Civil War started. He was a big man, heavy too, and limped badly throughout his life from a hip injury he received in a fall from a horse when he was young. Because he couldn't physically take part in the war, he geared up for the war effort. His father was into shipping, agriculture, trade, that kind of stuff, and owned 20 slaves in 1860, which apparently was a lot for someone living in Cheatham County, so he must have been wealthy. It says Colonel Sam and his father, Hiram Goforth Henley, built Fairbanks in 1859. Hiram passed in 1862, but Colonel Sam prospered during the war anyway. Carol added that the colonel married late in life and fathered a son, Sam Jr., in 1899 and a daughter, Alice, in 1903 when he was 61. He lived to the ripe old age of 95 when a housekeeper there at Fairbanks found him dead one morning sitting in a chair in front of his fireplace. That made two whose lives had ended in front of the fireplace, I shuddered. What happened to his wife and kids, I ask? Hmm, doesn't say, other than his wife's name was, oh, get this, Alice Giles. Why does that name not surprise me? She died in 1909, doesn't say what from or what happened to the kids. I remember the painting in Opal's room and wondered if the text said anything about the amount of hair on the colonel's head. Carol laughed and said, no, it didn't. There was a photo, but he was wearing a top hat. Carol also said that she wasn't sure, but she thought Charles T. at CS might be Charles Toner, a senior banker at AmSouth Bank in Ashland City. AmSouth had gobbled up a bank that had gobbled up the old Cheatham State Bank a few years ago. But despite large new signs and corporate logos, many still called the bank by the name their grandparents had, which is Cheatham State CS. Oh, and get this, she continued. I talked to Hill. Glenda had plans to buy a mare from a client of his, but the transaction never took place. He was the one who thought Charles T. might be toner because Glenda told him that she had to transfer some funds. Poor Hill. Being the nice, polite neighbor that I am, I asked Carol how Hill was handling Bubba's disappearance. He didn't mention it, she said after a pause. But Kat, I know that's because he's hurting so badly. A man like that doesn't open up easily. I resisted the urge to harump into the phone. Instead, I said, thanks, Carol. Great job. I don't know where this will lead, if anywhere, but I'll keep it in mind. I hung up the phone slowly and leaned back to the creepy wooden office chair. Hank, a stick firmly in his mouth, plopped down at my feet and I massaged the base of his ears as I thought. Was I on the wrong track? Although the information from Carol was interesting, I'm sure it had, I wasn't sure it had anything to do with Glenda's death or with Bubba's disappearance. I felt sick at the thought of Bubba and that in itself was odd. I thought I should be feeling more for the brutal ending of Glenda's life, but it was Bubba who was ever in my thoughts. I felt that his continual disruptions from the neighborhood happened not because Bubba was a bad kid, but because he was neglected and bored. I agreed with Carol that Bubba had never been offered any kind of guidance. He wasn't a bad looking kid either. He was overweight, but he had a strong chin, a straight nose and clear blue eyes that the girls would be sure to adore once he grew up and got his teeth fixed. So what if his dark wavy hair was in need of a haircut and his usual odor du jour indicated that long hot soapy shower was in order. He was a kid who needed help badly taking the line from Opal. I realized I couldn't help the dead, but I could help the living and with any luck Bubba was still alive. 